Okay, so anyone who knows me, and honestly, at this point, anyone who listens to the podcast, because I guess we've just (laughs) gotten real close around here, knows that I do not wear bras. And like, that's not some sort of an over-exaggeration. You can ask any of my friends. I truly do not ever wear bras. However, there have recently been some circumstances where like, I just have to. I've been saying yes to more things. I feel like we've been going to more events and there are just some outfits. I got to do it. And when I tell you I have finally found a bra that makes wearing one bearable. Like I'm never going to be an everyday bra wearer. It's not in the cars for me. But when I have to, the only bras I can wear are skims, which I'll get into the specific ones in a second, but we all know this comes as no surprise. Like I have been an OG diehard skims fan since day one. I am a fan of every single product they make. You know the way I feel about the underwear, the clothes, all of it. But now adding bras to the mix, specifically the Fits Everybody t-shirt bra, because You guys know the way I feel about the Fits Everybody collection. I could talk about that for forever, but specifically the t-shirt bra, it's just so comfortable. I don't know, the straps don't dig into you. It's probably the only bra I've ever worn where when I get home, I'm not like dying to take it off, which I cannot express how massive of a feat that is for someone like me. It's just comfortable and it just does what it needs to do. And I am such a fan, which like no surprise, I love everything Skims makes, but here to confirm the bras are as good as you would think that they are. Shop Skims Bras at skims.com, now available in 62 sizes, 30A through 46H. If you haven't yet, be sure to let them know we sent you. After you place your order, select podcast in the survey and select our show in the drop-down menu that follows. Hi guys, I'm Emma. And I'm Julie. And welcome back to another episode. Hey, Jewel. Hi, Em. Not Julia Fox confirming the Drake rumors on Watch What Happens. No, that was a moment. Did you guys see this? So Julia Fox is on Watch What Happens with Whitney Rose and Andy asks her the viewer question that's, what's the best date you've ever been on? And she goes, I don't know, being on a private jet, cuddled on the jet, landed, got some Chanel bags. It was great. Andy asks who it was. She says, I can't say, I really can't say, but obviously an A-lister. And then later during the after show, Andy says to her, you know, fans are wondering if the date was with Drake. And she says, maybe. The way that she said maybe, like, scratched such a specific part of my brain. Especially because this entire thing almost highlights how much of a parody they both are of themselves in the best way. But like, this is exactly how you would envision a date with Drake to go. It's very much on brand with him having Birkins on ice in his closet for his future wife. Well, I think that when there were news stories circulating about the fact that they may be dated, I know that there was rumors that you know, he slid into her DMs after seeing Uncut Gems. But like, that's how the story went. Like the page six article that came out was very much like he flew her out to Toronto and shut down a store for her and, you know, gave her two Birkins. Like, so her saying this, even in that coy manner in which she was like, it was obviously an A-lister, all fingers clearly pointed at Drake. And so even her describing the date without saying the name was almost confirmation enough if you know the background there. I know. And the other thing about that entire interaction is that I knew she wouldn't have said it directly, but I knew that if Andy asked, she would have said something that kind of alluded to it, which is why when he initially didn't press her on it, I was wondering, like, is he going to say something? And then it was in the after show, which makes me think it's possible that Andy didn't even know that those rumors existed, because if he did, he would have been the first one to follow up that question with asking if it was Drake. How are you not going to make Julia Fox a real housewife of New York? Never say never, Julie. To me, that's like, I don't know if she would do it, but it's such a no-brainer. I got to think that she would do it. I have had a real, I mean, we've spoken about this many times. We don't need to get into it, but I've had a real perspective shift on Julia Fox in the last year or so. And honestly, it hit me the most when we were doing the end of year episode. And we started in January with her and Kanye's kind of whirlwind romance. And she's writing these articles about their dates and this whole thing. And I, I think that you know, we had a kind of a bad taste in our mouths about her. And then as the year went on, I realized that she knew exactly what she was doing. And Connie was kind of a stepping stone to get where she wants to be. She said before, it isn't fame that she desires. It's financial security for herself and for her son. And fame is kind of a byproduct of that, that she's okay with. It's not the thing she desires the most, but I'm now realizing how she's playing the game. And I do have to respect it. I, I Yeah, I do. I mean, I don't know if respect is the right word, but I definitely don't have a replacement for it. Like, 
I know fame isn't specifically what she desires, but she plays the game too well for it to not be there, for there to be zero desire at all. Like, even when she was explaining the Kanye of it all and she was going back in time and she kind of rewrote history of it by saying, just still the funniest thing to do. And she was like, well, you know, I'm such a big Kim Kardashian fan. So I kind of thought like I could date Kanye and get him to leave her alone a little bit. Like that is obviously not what happened. But to even hear her attempt to put that spin on it, I'm like, we don't deserve you. Also, just back to the Drake thing for a second. In February of last year, 2022, she was on her podcast, Forbidden Fruits, and she spoke about the rumors that she dated him in 2020. And she's like, you know, he's a great guy and a gentleman, and that was it. Nothing really happened. We were just friends hanging out. I wouldn't say that we were dating, which even that in and of itself, I don't even think was really denying the situation because dating, out of any word that could explain hooking up or any sort of romantic involvement, dating is perhaps the most ambiguous. So you can deny dating and that doesn't mean that nothing was going on. Yeah. Dating is as ambiguous as the word hooking up is. Well, one of my favorite things is I think at least from my parents' generation, hooking up does not have, or does not always have that same romantic connotation. No, it doesn't. And actually, parents don't really realize that because like I remember my dad one time was like, yeah, and we'll hook up. And I was like, oh, my God, you can't just tell somebody you're going to hook up. And he was like, what? Like, you know what I mean? He was like, it just means like get together. I'm like, no, it doesn't. It means a wide array of things, but it no longer just means like getting together. One of Yes, I've had that same exact experience with my parents. And one of my favorite conversations that happens every single generation is parents understanding the terminology with which the younger generation is using to describe anything romantic because their minds are consistently blown and it is so fun to witness. Even the conversation that we were having the other day where I was like, why'd you just say go steady? That is such a small but specific example of the way the terminology changes over time. No, it's true. And dating specifically is one of those words that isn't even necessarily a generational thing in terms of a disconnect. I genuinely think it is up to interpretation of the individual person. So Julia Fox last year saying she wasn't dating Drake, that means nothing to me. How do you define dating? Do you? I think I define dating as something more consistent and a little bit more serious versus like, yeah, we went out on two dates. I wouldn't say that we were dating. To me, dating is almost full relationship. Oh, see, I I don't say it's almost full relationship. I say it's like a step below the exclusivity conversation. But even that in and of itself, like the different steps to getting to dating, I think some people skip over the exclusivity conversation. You know, like it is such a personal experience. And also this is the, to me, the most interesting part about it. It's not like one person's definition of it stays the same throughout everyone they encounter. Meaning like, Dating with one person could mean a completely different thing than with the next person because it also depends on their definition of the whole thing. It really is like so individualized. You know what term parents have the hardest time with and I do not blame them for this? What? Talking. Honestly, so do I. No, you don't. (laughs) (laughs) Just (laughs) No, you don't. But you know what? I think that if you're over the age of, I'm going to say 45, 45, I would say, if you hear the term where they're just talking, like that is the most confusing thing you've ever heard in your life. Well, also just to include TikTok in the conversation for a second, because I do often think that once TikTok latches onto a word or a subject, the way that it's covered can oftentimes, I guess, influence the way that people view it. And the quote talking stage has been completely villainized on TikTok. Like that is considered one of the worst things that, you know, all the advice you see on TikTok is like the talking stage is the last place that you want to be in. And it is so interesting to see how, at least from the people that I've spoken to a little bit younger than us, that's really seen as such a negative now. Again, not entirely, but from what I've seen at least. What would you do for like a celebrity relationship to come out? And instead of confirming it, one of the people were just like, oh, you know, we're just like in the talking stage. I really do think the best thing that could ever happen to the talking stages PR is for a celebrity to come out and endorse it. Because at least from where I sit, I don't know if your TikTok is the same. From what I see, that is the last place you want to be, according to most people on TikTok. 
I know, which I find to be interesting because I never personally villainized the talking stage that much because it was just like the get to know you stage. Like it was the flirting before like anything really picks up. So I never felt like it was that big of a deal. I feel like the TikTok generation maybe draws issue with uh, the elongation of the talking phase and like that's where it's derived from i have to tell you though if there was one celebrity to actually say the word we're talking you know who it would be right who are you gonna say a hundred percent drake yeah, 100% Drake. I, there was a part of me, though, when you said that, and it doesn't apply now because she's in a full-blown relationship, that thought you were going to say Vanessa Hutchins, because I feel as though she would totally lean into the casual nature of a relationship without totally denying it. The Vanessa Hudgens relationship is so interesting to me because I always think about Austin Butler and how he keeps giving these interviews that he thinks is like totally normal where he's like, yes, when I was doing Elvis, I didn't talk to friends or family for three years. And it's like, first of all, that seems highly unnecessary. But also like, is that how you and Vanessa Hudgens just ended? Like you took this role, didn't talk to anybody for three years and never formally broke up? It's so crazy, though, because for a relationship that was so serious for so many years, and I have to imagine in both of their eyes, at least for a while, thought this was going to be it. It's definitely not erased from the pop culture history at all, but it has really been moved on from in quite a swift way, no? Yes. He really is stuck talking like that. I'll tell you, though, say what you want about him. That photo of him and Kaya that I sent you from whatever event they were at this weekend, holy shit, that is an attractive couple. They're a hot couple. No, it's not even a matter of say what you want about him. Like, I know how hot he is because he hasn't given me the ick yet. What I think is funny about it is the thing that I find the most attractive about him is also the thing that turns me off the most, which is seeing Elvis. I remember being like, damn, this guy is so talented and I so appreciated the work ethic. However, when he talks about it, there's a part of me that gets a little bit turned off because of the intensity with which he talks about it. But I'm also very aware that without the intensity, he wouldn't have had the performance that he had. So it's kind of like this vicious cycle. But I need to just quickly go back to what you said about the villainization of the talking stage and you not having that experience. Me too. And I really do think it's the elongation that people take issue with because in general, I think there is something so fun about the talking stage. Like to me, there is nothing more thrilling than just some good old fashioned flirting. I live for that shit. I do too. That's how I've always felt. And I understand like when the talking phase goes too long, like I, I completely am on board on that. It's like when you're in that talking phase, there has to be steps being made to like further it or, or move on to the, to the next thing. But in that initial phase, let's say for however long you consider to be an appropriate amount of time, like to me, it, it's so fun. Like it is so fun to just have that for a short period of time. I really don't think there's anything wrong with it. And I also don't think there's anything wrong with dipping your toe in before you fully like jump into the pool. But also, by the way, if it's something that brings you anxiety and it doesn't feel good to you, then totally don't do it. I just think it's a very personal experience. And even just the concept of it, like the fact that the quote talking stage has gotten as much attention as it has is so interesting to me. Like that's something that my high school self can't believe is being acknowledged by the masses, you know? <laughs> it's no, it's true. It's like you, when you, when you're in high school or middle school or whatever, I, I really think that you think it's an experience that is not so unique, but so specific to you and exactly what you're, you know, the talking that you're doing. And then you realize after like, wait, everyone's doing this. Yeah. I mean, listen, I guess there is something like inherently young about it. And I also think that like for a very short period of time, that is why I like it because I think that there's something fun about the beginning of dating where you're like, feel very like almost high school, college-ish, especially when you're out of that phase of your life. So like, I, I'm not mad at it because I think it brings up those feelings, but I do get exactly what you mean. And also that goes into the whole conversation of like why it, inherently should be a shorter period of time because there is there is something juvenile about it at its core. Yeah. And I also think that it totally has the potential to allow people to seem more invested than they really are. And if you're not on the same page, which how could you be when you don't actually know this person and you're just, quote, talking, it, it really you know, opens up the possibility for one party to get really hurt. Or even hurt maybe is the wrong word, but just have a completely different experience than they were expecting. Yeah. (laughs) 
I know this, we can move on. I want to get into Travis and Kylie, but that was fun. I, you know, I'm never mad at when we get a little bit <laughs> off topic. We just like talking as if we don't do it every other fucking hour of the day. Oh, that's why we like the talking phase because we're just in it for the chat. We're just in it for the convo. So Mother's Day is coming up and I know sometimes it can be difficult figuring out what to get your mom because realistically, no gift is going to do justice for how much you love and appreciate her. But I'm sure you've done the classic, you know, bathrobe, candle, sweaters, gift cards. If you're looking to mix it up, I want to tell you about Aura Frames. So they were named the best digital photo frame by Wirecutter. And it's just the kind of gift that is guaranteed to bring joy because realistically, there's nothing our parents love more than seeing us. So for them to be able to see more of us, even if you don't live close by, like that is probably the best gift you could give a parent. They're Wi-Fi connected. They come with unlimited storage. So you can share as many photos as you want from your phone to your mom's frame. And it's easy to set up. It takes about two minutes to set up a frame using the Aura app. We have one in my kitchen and... Every time my dad comes down for breakfast, like it just makes him so happy. There's pictures of me, pictures of me and my parents when I was little, pictures of my grandparents. Like I think as a parent, you never get sick of that. And it's just the kind of gift I know she will love. Right now, Aura has a great deal for Mother's Day. Listeners can save on the perfect gift by visiting AuraFrames.com to get $30 off plus free shipping on their best-selling frame. That's A-U-R-A frames.com. Use code CBC at checkout to save. Terms and conditions apply. So I'm a big fan of transparency across all aspects of life. Like generally speaking, there's pretty much nothing I wouldn't rather be told straight up. But specifically when I'm buying something or paying for a service, I just want to know what I'm getting myself into. And oftentimes there can be so much nonsense or so much yada yada. For example, sneaky terms hidden in the fine print of contracts or bills that randomly go up without properly alerting you or budget airlines with cheap fares, but then exorbitant fees to make up for it elsewhere. And we just should not need to be dealing with this type of yada yada in our lives. And yes, you could read every single word of every single contract, and that's one way of avoiding it. Or you can go with a trusted brand like Metro by T-Mobile that helps you to get ahead and not pull you back. That's right. You don't take yada yada from life, so don't take yada yada from your wireless provider. Metro by T-Mobile has no contracts, no credit checks, no surprises, and not a yada yada which honestly gives so much peace of mind. Like you shouldn't have to compromise for an okay option with sacrifices when you really deserve that full transparency. Stop by one of over 6,000 Metro stores nationwide. In perhaps the least surprising news ever, Kylie and Travis have reportedly split again. Sources tell Us Weekly, quote, Kylie and Travis are off again. They were supposed to spend the holidays together, but she went to Aspen to be with her family and friends up there. This has happened so many times before. They're known to be on again, off again, but always remain friends and great co-parents. I don't know how you guys feel, but to me, when I see these headlines, I'm always confused that it's something that's being reported in this way because I never feel like they're fully back together. So them being broken up kind of carries no weight. It's the kind of thing where like this headline could exist today and then I wouldn't be even remotely surprised if in a week from now she posts a mirror selfie of them on that big mirror in her entryway, you know? No, I wouldn't either. I feel like with them, if Kylie dated anybody in these in-between phases where her and Travis are like broken up or on a break or whatever it is, and I'm sure she probably has. It's just nothing that we as the public have found out about or heard rumors about. I would probably pay a little bit more attention to their relationship pattern, but because that's not the case and it's kind of like always just waiting for when they're going to quote officially get back together or officially quote break up again. I'm just bored by it. Yeah. I just feel like it's not something that is necessary to be reported on because as I've said on the podcast before, to me, they operate in a constant state of ambiguity. And so like, all right. So them breaking up is not a headline. It's a Tuesday. You know, that's how I feel. Exactly. And even when they were posting from Aspen over New Year's and it was, of course, the whole crew, it was her, Kendall, Haley, Justin, Carter, Stas, like everybody there, Zach Bia. I kept seeing all of these edits of like, feeling bad for Kylie because Travis was in Miami and wasn't with them and wasn't spending New Year's with the family. Like, I I don't know. I didn't feel that same like heartbreak for Kylie because I just felt like, you know what? I wouldn't even have thought of Travis being there. But that's exactly what I was going to say. I think that even if Kylie and Travis were fully together, she would still rather spend New Year's in Aspen with Stas and Kendall and Haley and Justin. And that's not feeding into the like Stas and Kylie 
hooking up rumors that are going around. That's not at all what I'm alluding to. Just in general, I think that Kylie gets more from being with her friends than she has ever gotten from being with Travis from what we've seen. So I, I don't know. I guess the way that I view it, which could be entirely wrong, but I think with what we've given, this is a fair conclusion to come to. I have always got the sense that Kylie gets more emotional fulfillment from the deep relationships and consistent relationships she has with her closest friends than the seemingly on again, off again one she gets with Travis. Whereas like, I think she loves him as a father, thinks he is an excellent father to her children and is so happy to have kids with him. But I never felt that it's the same emotional intensity that is met with her relationship with like Kendall or Stoss or, you know, the people closest to her in her friend group. Is that crazy? No, I don't think it's crazy. Although there must be something there that we're not seeing, which is why they keep getting back together. If there wasn't some sort of an intensity there or some sort of like deep, deep love, I don't, I don't think it's worth it for them to do this on again, off again thing. But I, I don't know. It's, it's a relationship that confuses me. And when I say that I don't really pay attention to the fact that they're constantly breaking up and getting back together, it doesn't mean I don't care about them as a couple. Like, it doesn't mean I'm not interested in them as a couple. Care is, is probably an extreme word. I'm I'm interested in them as a couple, though. I'm just not interested in the back and forth. I'd be more interested in, like, the, okay, somebody who's on the inside sit down and break down exactly what their deal is to me. But to your earlier point, out of all of this, the thing that I'm honestly the most interested in, which is information we're never going to get, is who has Kylie dated during the in-between? Because I have to imagine, I mean, they've been on and off for so long. I'm sure there have been some people, even if it's very minimal, at points in between. And that is what I would really be interested in. I mean, how often do we have the conversation of like, hmm, who's Kim going to date next? Who's Kylie going to date next, if anyone, publicly? I don't know. I mean... Listen, I don't think that her and Travis are going to do this back and forth thing forever. I don't think it's sustainable. And I think that as Kylie gets older and kind of navigates what she wants in relationships, I think that this is going to get old for her. I have to imagine. And so I, I do think eventually there will be somebody else. No, I wouldn't be surprised at all. I just think that it's very purposeful that we have never heard publicly. I mean, you heard rumblings inside, but we've never heard publicly rumors about Kylie with someone else. And the way that that is kept so behind the scenes is definitely intentional. I mean, think about it though. Like the rumblings that we've heard are far more general. Like, you know, they are on a break or they have an open relationship. The only name that has ever been dropped in that time has been Drake's. Right. Which like, who knows if that ever actually happened, we would never get proof of it. I guess the way that I feel about Drake's name being thrown in with anyone is I have the reaction of like, hmm, definitely possible. <laughs> you know, he kind of has a communal reputation at this point, And I think that he leans into it. Oh, he certainly leans into it. And by the way, like, I'm, I'm not above it. You mean like you as you? No, obviously not. Neither am I. I'll take a little dip into the community chest. Well, I just think it's very rare that a, quote, community chest would also happen to come with Birkins. You know, that's not what you would typically expect. I wonder if he'll ever settle down. I think he will. I really do believe that he will. I just think not yet. I think he is having the time of his fucking life. Yeah, I, I do too. I mean, he is, <laughs> factually. <laughs> Doing your hair has the potential to be such a time-consuming process if you're not using products that really work for you and honestly really work with you. And for me, I'd say generally speaking, my hair is pretty easy to manage, but it does get frizzy. I have a lot of split ends, so I'm always looking for things to manage the frizz. And recently I've been into a new product from Way. It's their anti-frizz cream. So it's a really lightweight cream. It provides immediate frizz control that lasts up to 72 hours and also heat protection up to 450 degrees. So you're kind of killing two birds with one stone. And the thing I really like about it is that it helps reduce and repair split ends while quenching dry hair with intense hydration. So you can feel like it just feels good on your hair. For me, I get out of the shower. I always spray in the leave-in conditioner. I've told you guys about that before, but I love it. A little anti-frizz cream and you're good to go. I also, I mean, I love a lot of things from Way, but I like their detox shampoo. I don't use that every week, maybe once a week, maybe once every other week, but I feel like it gives my hair a really, really good clean. 
Frizz free up your schedule with Way. Go to T-H-E-O-U-A-I.com and enter promo code CELEBS for 15% off any product. That's T-H-E-O-U-A-I.com, promo code CELEBS. People have so many different reasons for wanting to learn a new language. Maybe you have an upcoming trip or just want to pick up a new hobby or a skill or just connect with a new culture. I know for me, when I was abroad in Barcelona in college, I'm not going to say that I was fluent in Spanish, but I definitely got to the point where I felt really confident conversing. And when I got home, my dad said to me, Emmy, if you don't use it, you're going to lose it. And he was so right. Like I entirely lost it. So Rosetta Stone has been really helpful for me. So if you are in that same boat or you want to learn a new language completely, want to brush up your skills, whatever it is, I want to tell you about Rosetta Stone because they're the most trusted language learning program available on desktop or as an app. And it really kind of immerses you in the language that you want to learn. So first of all, they're the trusted expert for 30 years with millions of users and 25 languages offered. It's fast language acquisition. So they immerse you in many ways. First of all, there's no English translation. So you really learn to speak, listen, and think in that language, which in my experience, I know I'm getting it when I start to think in the language. It's an intuitive process. So you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences, and it's designed for long-term retention. Also, in terms of speech recognition, they have a built-in true accent feature that gives you feedback on your pronunciation and it's convenient. So desktop and app options with audio companion and the ability to download lessons offline. And it's an amazing value. You're getting lifetime access to all 25 language courses Rosetta Stone has to offer for 50% off, which is a steal. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, Comms by Celebs listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com comments. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com comments today. I want to talk Miley for a second because as we know, she's releasing new music. Her album called Endless Summer Vacation is coming out in March and her new single Flowers is set to come out January 13th, which is coincidentally Liam Hemsworth's birthday. So there are lyrics in the song that say, I can buy myself flowers. I can take myself dancing. I can hold my own hand. I can love me better than you can. And fans are speculating that the line, I can take myself dancing was a nod to a red carpet moment that happened between them in 2019 at the Vanity Fair Oscars after party, where they're on the red carpet and a reporter asked the two of them what a dance number between them looked like. And Miley begins to dance and Liam kind of tells her not to do it on the carpet. And then there was probably their most viral red carpet moment where in 2019, they're at the Avengers Endgame premiere. I know you guys remember exactly this. Miley's in the black dress and she kind of starts to touch him and like mimic licking him. And he mouths to her, at least what it seems like he's saying, could you behave for once? And later you see, you know, she kind of has him off to the side while she's taking photos alone. So not to say that those two moments mean anything, but I vividly remember people kind of citing those as potentially representative of some other dynamics that may happen behind the scenes. Well, those two red carpet events happened at the beginning of 2019. So that was February 2019, then April 2019. They officially separated in August 2019. They probably split a little bit before then if we're, you know, really looking at the timeline of things here. So clearly those two red carpets were like very much indicators of things going on behind the scenes. And, you know, Looking back on that video of her kind of pushing him away at the Avengers red carpet, that was like all you needed to know about their relationship. Like typically I would say you don't always have to, you know, read into a red carpet moment or like a celebrity couple is allowed to have an off day and they don't have to be 100% on and perfect every single second, every single red carpet. But I remember vividly seeing that and being like, something is not right there. The way that I always viewed their relationship, which is not based in proof and may completely not be the case, is that I kind of felt he thought of her as, quote, too much, which is like not how you want your partner to feel about you. Because if anything, you don't just want them to accept you. I feel like you want them to embrace the aspects of you that the rest of the world may consider too much. And I like want to get this point across, but I don't know if it's going to translate. I'm going to say it and you tell me if you know what I mean. I almost felt as though in his mind, he had like a vision of what he kind of considered a quote, class act woman to be. And I feel that like she didn't fit that in his mind and that that was always bothersome to him. And I remember seeing that moment and being like, wait, that is exactly representative of kind of what I felt was going on, you know? And like from Miley's perspective, she's just being herself. And I felt as though he was maybe a little bit embarrassed by her lack of giving a fuck. 
And I feel like what you want is someone who really appreciates and almost feeds off of your lack of giving a fuck. Does that translate or not really? Totally. It totally does. The way that I view their relationship, and maybe a lot of it is in retrospect, but I felt like he fell in love with a very specific version of her. And almost like this on again, off again of their relationship was trying to get back to that version of her that he fell in love with. And I think that their relationship ultimately just couldn't work because she wasn't that person anymore. And she had grown past being that person and had gone through too many different phases of her life to be that person. But I don't think I realized that fully until after they split. And, you know, it's funny because I remember when they broke up, I was like, wow, this has been so much back and forth. I'm sure they'll get back together again. Like almost like a Kylie Travis thing. Like, you know, they were on again, off again for 10 years. There was two separate engagements. And so I think when they split in 2019, I was under the impression that they would eventually get back together, that they would be able to work it out. Looking back at their relationship, I actually can't believe that they even got married. Well, I want to go back for a second to the timeline because like you said, it was really a 10-year affair. They meet in 2009 while they're filming the last song. Between 2010 and 2012, they're on again, off again. In 2012, they get engaged. If you remember, in 2013, they postponed their wedding and there were a lot of breakup rumors that were swirling. In 2013, they officially call off the engagement. Okay, it's quiet for a few years. 2016, rumors start flying that they're back together. Just a few weeks later in 2016, they're engaged now for the second time. And then in 2018, they get married at their home in Nashville. So 2019 then, just less than a year later from when they got married, Miley's on vacation with Caitlin Carter, which everyone thought that they were together. We later find out they were. Two days after she's on vacation with Caitlin, Miley's rep confirms that her and Liam have separated. And then that same day that the split is confirmed, the pictures of Miley and Caitlin making out on vacation are also released. 10 days after that, Liam officially files for divorce from Miley. Later that year, Miley and Cody Simpson began dating. And then February of 2020, the divorce is finalized. So it was a saga. I mean, that's a definition of a saga. That August 11th was one of the craziest days of our lives. I don't know if you remember that, but just to bring you back for a second, not only did Miley's rep confirm the split and the pictures of Caitlin Carter and her making out on vacation come out, but also the same day that that happened was the infamous Brody Instagram post. I'm about to bring you guys back to a moment on Instagram that Julie and I will never forget because we were getting that comment up as fast as physically possible. So let us not forget, Brody Jenner and Caitlin Carter had been together for a while. They were married, which turned out they were never officially married, but to the world, we thought that they were married. And they announced their split in August 2019. Then, as we just discussed, later in August 2019, Miley and Caitlin are vacationing together with photos of them making out. Brody Jenner on that same day, the day that Liam and Miley's split is confirmed and the day that the photos are posted of Caitlin and Miley making out on vacation, Brody posts a photo of himself in Malibu and makes the caption, don't let yesterday take up too much of today. And Brandon Lee comments, let's round the scandal out and post a pic of us making out. Brody responds, watch out, pics of Liam and I holding hands on the beach coming soon. And Miley responds, at Brody Jenner, go take a nap in your truck and cool off. Hashtag hot girl summer. Do you remember formatting that comment? I know. Um, I, I, I really think like when they say altered my brain chemistry, you're like that was a moment that altered my brain chemistry. And I don't say that lightly. I remember us saying this on the podcast at the time that it's not uncommon or unfamiliar to us for reality stars, the likes of Brody Jenner to be a little bit messy on Instagram, specifically when it applies to relationships. But Miley Cyrus, who is such an A-lister, it seemed like the type of thing that she probably wouldn't get involved in. And then all of a sudden, when Miley Cyrus and Brody Jenner are even playfully brawling in his Instagram comments as a response to Brandon Lee, we were like, what is happening? Don't you remember a couple of months after that for Brody's birthday, maybe not even a couple months, a couple weeks it would have been, that Miley and Caitlin together sent him like a bouquet of weed. Yes, yes. 
that shit does not happen anymore. Like, where is Miley Cyrus and Caitlin Carter sending Brody Jenner a weed bouquet? That's the type of shit I want in 2023. Yes, I want celebrities to be messier. I agree. I get it though. I get why they're not. It it feels as though the stakes have been made so high that like being messy isn't even fun because everyone takes everything so seriously. I totally get it. But from the like consumer perspective, I wish for it. I know. It's like, I, I look at Twitter sometimes. I'm like, you ruin this for the rest of us. Like, you ruin celebrity for the rest of us. Like, let them be messy and have fun. And like, let's not take things so seriously. Everyone takes things so seriously. But like, when something messy like that does happen on like the very occasional moment, I see Twitter having a lot of fun with it too. And so like, I'm like, I know that it's such a thin line to walk as a celebrity between like, being a little bit messy and being praised for it and then being a little bit messy and being berated for it. And it's like impossible to know which end you're going to end up on. So like, I obviously understand playing it safe, but like, God, I wish, I wish somebody was just willing to take the risk and like lean into it a little bit more. That is honestly my pop culture wish for 2023. If you were to ask me the idea that somehow the quote safe route would be seen as the less desirable one from A-listers. And like, I think we have a really far way to go, but yeah, get let's get a little bit messy and like everyone just be chill about it. Yeah, like what if we all just promise to be really, really cool about it? It's a promise is nothing, you know. Like people really do have no chill, and you see, you're right. You see that the most on Twitter. Yeah, the way that I feel about Twitter is like my greatest friend is also my greatest adversary. No, I get it. Also, I know this isn't news, but I just got to talk about it for a second because we haven't yet. Did you guys see Chris Evans posted this Instagram story last week and he wrote a look back at 2022 and it was a compilation of videos of him and his girlfriend, Alba Baptista, scaring one another, you know, around the house at each other's apartments, wherever it was. And like, of course, the main thing here is, holy shit, we just found out that they were in a relationship a few months ago. As we know, it came out officially right around the same time as his People's Sexiest Man Alive cover. But the second thing was, this was Chris Evans in his most natural state. Like we're talking basketball shorts, t-shirt, backwards hat, doing laundry. And there was something about that that just took me out. I rewatched that video a scary amount of times. He is so hot. I mean, and that's the thing here too, is like him being off the market has to break a lot of hearts because I don't know what it is. Like he is the sexiest man alive. I said it at the time. I'll say it again. Like that was a very deserving title but there's something about him and maybe it's like the boston boy in him that makes him like a little bit strangely attainable or at least gives you that feeling of such and so i think him being off the market maybe stings a little bit more than some of the other previous sexiest man alive or other people that we consider to be equal amounts hot it does. It's not like a Michael B. Jordan or a George Clooney that feels so out of the realm of possibilities because you are so hyper aware of their stardom. There's something about him where he gets to be a megastar yet also feel strangely like the boy next door. And that was never more on display than fucking doing laundry in a t-shirt. And the other thing, by the way, is like, yes, he cleans up really nicely, but I think 10 out of 10 times I'm taking him in a t-shirt and backwards hat over him on a red carpet. Because that's his hottest look, like that relaxed fit at home. Like that's what you fantasize about, by the way. Like you fantasize about being at home with Chris Evans, just hanging on the couch with him and his dog. Like you don't fantasize about him being like dressed up on a red carpet. It's like, it's like the anti like 2010 Scott Disick. Exactly. On Chris Evans's most stressed up day, he is never, you know, OG Lord Disick. By the way, though, I do agree that with Chris specifically, <laughs> Chris, my, my good old friend, Chris, <laughs> but I, I do agree with Chris. <laughs> I do agree that with Chris specifically, yes, you're definitely more drawn to like the more casual approach, but I would say that about like for myself with any single guy, whereas I think a lot of people's fantasy is like a guy in a gorgeous, you know, cashmere sweater and long Cuccinelli coat, picking them up and whisking them off to like a very expensive dinner. To me, I will one million percent of the time, rather a guy in like a Skims boyfriend t-shirt and gray sweatpants. Me too. A million times over. The other, like, it does it for me on occasion as like a surprise, but like, no, that's, that's not what I want because also 
I don't want to have to do that. Like if you're going to look really nice and we're going out to dinner or we're going out for the day or we're walking around the city, like I don't want to have to match your energy because I want to be in sweatpants. But that's what I'm saying. I get off on mutual casual comfort. Yes. Mutual comfort. Like tell me that you want to meet me at my apartment in sweatpants. Fuck me up. That's exactly how I feel too. You know what else it is about Chris Evans in terms of like slight attainability? I I think I've always had this vision in my head of like, I feel like Chris Evans' dog could just really take to me and that would be like enough to do it for me. Like that would be enough where Chris Evans would be like, oh my God, my dog loves her. Like count me in. (laughs) That is how I feel in the reverse, like for guys with Jennifer Aniston. I feel like Jennifer Aniston loves her dogs in the way that Chris Evans loves his dogs, that if a guy got along really well with her dogs, that would be a huge plus for her in that category. You know what's funny about that? I was gonna say the only other person or the only other guy that posts about their dog in the way that Chris Evans does is Justin Theroux. And I actually saw him on the street recently and I only recognized him because I recognized the dog. <laughs> you should have said that to him. I, I, you know what? I actually should have. I feel like he would have appreciated that. I was going to say, it's not even that it would like humble him in a negative way. I genuinely think he specifically would appreciate that. And I think Chris Evans would too, honestly. Oh, he'd be flattered. He'd love, you're right. That is exactly the way to get to his heart. Can I say one other thing that the Chris Evans video reminded me of going back to the conversation we were just having? Miley yeah. and Liam used <laughs> what? No, I was just about to say, um, bring that motherfucker a puppuccino. <laughs> <laughs> Who taught you about puppuccinos, TikTok? Uh, yeah, I think so. <laughs> God, um, that's funny. <laughs> Anyway, sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. The thing that I was going to say is that going back to the conversation we were just having, the Chris Evans, Alba Baptista surprising or scaring each other videos was very reminiscent of what Miley and Liam used to do. Liam was always scaring her. I know. And that's why when we were having our discussion, I don't believe that those red carpet moments were representative of their entire relationship. Like I genuinely believe there was a lot of playfulness that took place for a long period of time. I think it was towards the end that that started to fade. You know what I think it is actually? I think that those red carpet moments aren't representative of their relationship as a whole, but I think it's representative of their marriage. And I actually, now that we're talking about it, remember having this conversation at the time where I think we felt like, and maybe Miley has even said this too, but like the title of being a wife was very constricting for her. And I think that that's what we were picking up on those videos of Liam saying like, can you behave for once? Which is like the title of being a wife as he viewed her was something that he wanted her to conform to that she just was never going to. And so I think that the switch from, the on-again, off-again nature of their relationship where they really, really loved each other but were struggling to make it work to like husband and wife was actually the thing that led to the decline of it. And I don't think that's uncommon. Like I definitely think sometimes there are cracks in the foundation and maybe marriage can exacerbate those. But I do sometimes think it's literally the act of marriage and what maybe society expects comes with that that can feel really kind of suffocating to some people. I know people in my own life who I've spoken to about this and they say like, we know we're going to be together forever, but we have no interest in getting married because we really don't think that it would serve us. And I think you really have to know yourself in that way. Like it is just not for everyone and there's nothing wrong with that. Oh, absolutely. And I think that's actually the theme of what we're going to see maybe in this next song from Miley, if not the whole album, which is like, the preview of the song is very much independence-based. It's like, I can take myself dancing. I can do this for myself. I can do all of these things for myself. And I think that that's how she probably felt in her marriage with Liam, which was constricted. Yeah. I, I mean, what do we know? But that's kind of the sense that I get. Let's talk about something near and dear to our hearts, our furry companions. Life is full of unexpected twists, just like the ones we love to uncover about our favorite celebs. But sometimes those twists involve our four-legged friends. Imagine navigating the unpredictable world of pet parenthood, where every day is a new adventure. Our partner, Spot Pet Insurance, wants to share a message to help make sure you're prepared for any unexpected curveballs, whether it's a sudden illness or an unplanned trip to the vet. Spot Pet Insurance can be your secret weapon against the unexpected. 
With Spot, you can get up to 90% cash back on eligible vet bills, helping you with those surprising expenses that seem to pop up when you least expect them. But wait, there's more. Spot pet insurance plans go beyond just offering coverage for accidents and illnesses. You can enhance your plan with their preventive care benefit, ensuring that routine wellness, vaccines, and more can be covered too. Head over to spotpet.com today to get a quote instantly. Trust us, it's the easiest thing you'll do to help secure the well-being of your dog or cat. Visit www.spotpet.com today. Paid ad from Spot Pet Insurance. Waiting periods, annual deductible, co-insurance, benefit limits, and exclusions may apply. For all terms, visit spotpetins.com slash sample hyphen policy. Insurance plans are underwritten by either Independence American Insurance Company or United States Fire Insurance Company and produced by Spot Pet Insurance Services, LLC. So I know we're all kind of operating at a different skill level when it comes to makeup. Like I have some friends who they do their makeup and it looks like they got it professionally done. I have others who know nothing about any products. And then I would say I'm somewhere in the middle, like by no means am I very skilled, but I think I can hold my own. And in terms of my everyday, I'm just doing mascara, lip gloss, and maybe a little bit of highlighter on my inner corner. So if I'm only using a few products, I need them to be excellent. And I've recently been very into the Thrive Cosmetics mascara, which I'll tell you about in a second, but just in general, a note on the company. For every product purchased, Thrive Cosmetics donates products and funds to help communities thrive, which I just love knowing that I'm buying from a company that does that. And in terms of their mascara, so it's the Liquid Lash Extensions Mascara. You guys have seen that. It's the viral turquoise tube. I've saw it all over social media before I ever started using it. And it's a unique formula that creates tubes around each eyelash to lengthen them. It's also super easy to remove. So it slides right off with warm water. It doesn't leave smudges. And the ingredients are really nourishing. So they support longer, stronger, and healthier looking lashes over time. It really just gets the job done. Like you will see what I mean when you try it. Refresh your everyday look with Thrive Cosmetics, luxury beauty that gives back. Right now, you can get an exclusive 10% off your first order at thrivecosmetics.com slash CBC. That's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S dot com slash CBC for 10% off your first order. When North does the TikToks dressing up like Kanye, she is actually his twin. It's scary. It is so scary, right? I mean, I, I get it. Obviously, she's 50% him, but you always saw it. And then when she actually does the makeup with the facial hair, you really think you're looking at a younger Kanye. Like jeans and looking alike, like really trips me out. I know. And this is in a big way. But we're going to be saying the same thing about Chicago probably in a few years with Kim. You know, there are certain pictures of North, though, where she looks so much like Kim, which is also what's crazy about it. I think all of the kids look like a mix of both of them. But when North has makeup on that, like obviously his facial hair, like Kanye, the resemblance is just, it's striking. I know. The other thing, and I think we said this at the end of the Kardashian bonus show last week, but Kim leaning into these TikToks where, you know, North is playing Kanye's role and she's, for example, mouthing the lyrics to Bound 2, which is obviously the song where her and Kanye were in the music video together. Like, to me, it just confirms what she's been saying that North and her kids have no idea what is going on because there's no world in which she would be willing to do this if they knew. Like, I think when North asked her to do this, why is this one that she would say no to when she says yes to the rest of her TikToks? I think in her mind, there is a consistency that she has and it you know, feeds into the kids really having as much obliviousness as physically possible. Yeah, I think so too. And I actually had that thought as well. Like when she said in that interview where she says like, you know, it doesn't matter how bad of a day I'm having. It doesn't matter how terrible my relationship is with Kanye. Like if we're on our way to school and the kids want to listen to his music, like I'm never going to say no to that. In fact, like I will always encourage them to do so because that's just the way that they view their father. And she wants to protect that for as long as possible. And of course, when she said that, I was like, yeah, I, based on the way that we know Kim and based on the way that she is with the kids in him, like that makes perfect sense to me. But then to like see the exact representation of that in North's TikTok, it was like, oh, she like really wasn't kidding. Oh no, she really wasn't kidding. I had, I had that same moment. The behind the scenes there and the conversations that must be occurring that we are not getting on the show or we're not getting even a fraction of from interviews she does it's really fascinating to me because I, that's got to be one of the most difficult things in the world to navigate. No, I know. I mean, talk about probably the most coveted piece of insight that I'm sure we will never get the real ins and outs of, but it's something we would be fascinated by. But 
the last thing we wanted to mention, which is really so sad, is Tristan's mom, Andrea, passed away unexpectedly this last week from a heart attack in Toronto. I know that Chloe went with him to Toronto. There were photos of them on the plane together. And listen, we've said many things about this guy, but losing a mom is losing a mom. And my heart is with him because I think it's always so difficult, but specifically when it's sudden like that, I can't imagine how he's feeling. And honestly, Julie, I said this to you last week. Like, I'm trying to think how I want to phrase this. Obviously, losing a mom is like one of the most painful experiences one can have. I wish that I couldn't understand that on a firsthand basis. But I think specifically with Tristan, because of the way that he is now viewed by the masses based on what he's put Chloe through, and specifically regarding women, I have to imagine there was something about the unconditional love and adoration that he received from his mom that probably was able to offset the magnitude of hate that he receives. And like knowing that no matter the way the rest of the world views you in regards to women, there's this one woman who views you in such a high way. Like I have to imagine that that was very grounding for him. So I think this loss probably rocked him in a really, really, really deep way. And I, I feel for him. I really, really feel for him. Oh my God, me too. I mean, it, it really, it's, it's so upsetting and, and there's not a person in the world that you wish this on. And he has siblings in a fit. It's just, it's really, really upsetting and really awful. And like my heart truly, truly breaks for him and his family. I didn't realize also how close the family was with his mom, not because I wouldn't have thought they were, but I don't know. It wasn't something that was covered that much. And so you know, for Chris to clearly have such a close relationship with her, Malika, Malika's mother, I, you know, it, it seems like his mom, Andrea, was really heavily involved in their group. And I'm just thinking about him and their whole family. I mean, it's no matter who it is, it's, it's very upsetting news and we're thinking about them. Is there anything else that you would like to mention? I think that's it. Okay, well, we love you guys. Thank you for listening. Thank you for letting us do this. We will be back later this week for the bonus show. And then Isabel and I will be back later this week for Bravo. We love you guys. Bye.